When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And what's up, what's up? Welcome in. It is GC Live. Friday edition of the show, closing out what has been, golly, probably one of the wilder, more interesting weeks, and um, really what's been maybe the most interesting couple of months, I think, since we've covered South Carolina. Uh, Glad to be here, glad to close out the week. He is Chris Clark, I'm Wes Mitchell. This is GC Live, and of course, uh, as we told you on Wednesday, now presented and sponsored by Clint Hammond of Mortgage Network. Want to thank Clint again for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, being our presenting sponsor. And always, Chris, like to do business with our shows and our sponsors and stuff like that with people we already know and that we already trust and, and can sort of believe everything we tell people about them. So uh, happy to have Clint on. If you're looking to uh, refinance, you're looking to buy a house, um, whatever your mortgage needs are right now. Clint is your guy. You can contact him. He is the branch manager for the Mortgage Network here in Columbia, 803-771-6933. See Hammond at mortgagenetwork.com or mobile, 803-422-6797. And he's a huge Gamecock fan, and he's a guy that uh, is a Gamecock Central subscriber. So all check marks for Clint, and we are thrilled to have Clint as our presenting sponsor here on GC Live today and um, into the future. So happy to have him on. Chris, the big news today uh, would be Jimmy Lindsey coming on board as South Carolina's defensive line coach. I would say that you would probably say this has sort of been anticipated. I I think as we were tracking names, you know, we we, we looked into, uh, you know, a few different possibilities, but it seems like, A, Jimmy Lindsey's name sort of made a lot of sense from the beginning. And B, that was the name we consistently heard maybe a little bit more than the other names. So um, that that news comes out, I guess, this morning it was, late this morning. But your thoughts, uh, we'll, we'll get into details uh, as we go on, but your initial thoughts on Jimmy Lindsay being hired as South Carolina's defensive line coach. Yeah, I mean, it, it did, like you said, Wes, make, make a ton of sense. I mean, so the morning – that we confirmed Tracy Rocker was going to be out. We we put out that name of Jimmy Lindsay. He's the one and only name we, we put out there for the D-line vacancy and sort of the one that we heard from the start, right? So the initial thought is, you know, makes sense because of the tie to Clayton White, coach of Clayton White, defensive coordinator now at South Carolina for three seasons, 27 through 2019, um, at Western Kentucky, 
as his defensive line coach. He was D-line coach in 2017, coached the D-ends in 2018 and 2019, and was the recruiting coordinator as well there. And um, also a Sherrall native. Um, I know some of the stuff in his bios say North Carolina. He was born in Sherrall, spent some time in Sherrall, eventually moved, from my understanding, to North Carolina. So another, you know, Palmetto State native, a guy that's well regarded in terms of recruiting. So it, it just it made a ton of sense from the beginning. There, uh, by the way, shout out to our chatters, our degenerates, Chris. They're saying that I took your haircut money. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to my buddy Aiden, um, who uh, who cut my hair. She does a great job. But some uh, it is free for all Friday, even though we we do have some things to actually hit on as well. Um, some news as has been the case uh, a lot lately. But we'll, we'll get to y'all's questions as well. So, Chris, um, and, and first of all, it has apparently been a matter of debate on the Gamecock message boards about if he actually – is this guy actually from Sherall, um, which, yeah. uh, as you said, he, he is. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure he could provide proof, but we, um, we don't need him to do that. And- yes. Yeah documentation of how long which restaurants were visited did he go to daycare there etc yeah played a played high school ball in anson county yeah um right across the uh the border there in north carolina but i think chris man again goes back uh let's steal the word let's go back to the word fit and you know you, you look at a lot of times these coaches won't want guys they're comfortable with and want guys that are familiar with with maybe the specifics of their scheme. And you know, I, I think if you have if you have a great position coach coming in, and he's just known as being an outstanding coach, you know, he he can learn the nuances probably of, of most systems. But that there is some value, I, I think, to him having worked with Clayton White for three years. At, you know, being at Western Kentucky, knowing the intricacies of this scheme. And um, being able to, and I'm I'm going to tell, I'm going to pass on some insight we've gotten from some other people about him as well. But um, th- that familiarity with what he wants up front, defensive line play always key. Uh, you know, certainly going to be key for South Carolina with their questions at linebacker and DB. So um, I, I think fit is the word that comes to mind for me again. Yeah, and and that interplay between those two, I think it's going to be pretty key, right? Particularly because you think about. You know, Clayton, so two points. Clayton White was walking into a situation willingly, you know, at South Carolina where, you know, w- would he would he hire a defensive coach? And the answer was really no. I mean, aside from signing off on Torrey and Gray, the other guys were on staff already. You know, Mike Peterson, Tracy Rocker, those guys were on staff. Um, and there were, you know, limited slots because you have a, five coaches on offense, you have a special teams coach. You really had four slots defensively, not a ton of flexibility in terms of numbers. And so, um, with Rocker departing, that did give Clayton White his his chance to sort of bring a guy, so to speak. You hear that a lot of times when coordinators are hired. You know, if it's a new hire, sometimes they bring a bunch of guys. Sometimes they bring one, sometimes none, um, or, or everywhere in between. But this afforded him an opportunity to sort of bring a guy. Jimmy Lindsay was that guy. Second point is, you know, a lot of times you'll see with coaches uh, that they lean a lot on their position coaches coordinators do for certain things for instance on third downs you know that's a that's a down that we've heard Clayton White has some creative things that he likes to do and a lot of times he's sort of setting the coverage right 
Um, but he, you're going to see it left up to the defensive line coach to, hey, if you have some type of game, some type of twist, stunt you want to run up front, you make that call, you know, and get it in. And so um, depending on how the defensive system works, sometimes you see that. And so I say that to illustrate the point of that trust is important. Have, having a guy that you know will make the types of calls that you want being on the same page. And these guys have the track record of coaching together um, and doing a good job at Western Kentucky as well, working together. No doubt. And I, I think, man, the, the more we've learned on, on Jimmy Lindsay, and I, and I think a trend among these coaches is that uh, I, I believe there's been an emphasis on, on people that have a track record of first and foremost being good people, like being good human beings, being um, guys that players can trust, being guys that will connect with players, not necessarily from a recruiting standpoint as like a salesman, but more maybe connect with players as far as a genuine sense, which I, I think, you know, there, there's some, sometimes you see guys that are great recruiters and it's more that they're just very, very good salesmen. And it's not necessarily always genuine. Um, I, I was going to share, I, I posted this on Gamecock central, a couple of guys and, and you know how it is, man. So sometimes when you're reaching out to people, trying to get a quote, trying to get some insight, um, depending on who you're asking, it can be like pulling teeth. But I, I asked a couple of people who I saw had, you know, tweeted about the hire for some more insight. And within two minutes in each case, I got a paragraph, you know, just praising Jimmy Lindsay. Uh, let's see, I'll, I'll paraphrase. This is from Quinnen Isom. He's currently a defense coordinator at Rim. Somebody Chris and I both know and has actually played at Gardner-Webb for Jimmy Lindsay on the defensive line. So he was his position coach. And uh, he said he's a great coach, very skillful and technical in his position as a defensive line coach, a great motivator, and built great relationships with any and all recruits he comes in contact with. Um, he's had several stints at various universities, but this is a still for South Carolina. I cannot wait to see his work on the field, along with his defense coordinator that came as well. I'm not even a South Carolina fan, and I know they are about to change the culture there. He's one of the best in the business and one of the coaches that inspired me to get into the coaching profession from high school to hopefully becoming a college coach as well. So that, to me, man, that, that was, that's pretty strong right there. Like, you know, not that somebody, if they, if they know someone, rarely is a coach, if you ask for insight, going to just say something negative, you know. But to ask and not just get sort of the little – coach speak type answers and get, you know, a full paragraph. When, when a coach says he's one of the reasons I got into coaching and it's a former player, then that, uh, that speaks volumes to me. And again, on Gamecock Central, I've, I've got another quote that was actually very similar, but um, that, that stood out to me, man. Yeah, it did. I mean, just a, a genuine type guy. And if you, if you talk to people that have talked to him, if you even go back and look at, you know, maybe some interview stuff he's done in the past at Illinois, Western Kentucky, you know, he's not this, uh, I don't know, I can't think of a great word today, maybe bombastic, you know, personality where he's just over the top. But like you said, genuine and a guy that, um, from what we've heard, is really good at building relationships, longstanding relationships. I heard from many coaches in Atlanta in the high school ranks who really, really think highly of Jimmy Lindsay. Um, he's recruited a lot of different spots. He has some experience recruiting in the state of South Carolina and North Carolina, states that obviously he grew up in. 
and some other spots, but just about everywhere he's been, I believe, uh, you know, he recruited the state of Georgia and, and normally Metro Atlanta. So a lot of the coaches around there know him and like him. And so obviously that's an area uh, in Georgia and Atlanta. There's a lot of players. And so can you tap into, you know, some of those relationships to be able to get some guys on campus and, and make a run at some talented guys? Maybe so. Maybe that helps. But uh, a well-regarded guy within within the industry. And I've, I've had other, uh, you know, people in the industry today just – tell me on their own that they that they've heard good things about Jimmy Lindsay as well let's hit our super chat here Chris uh what's up to Greg appreciate the the Friday spending money man um he says with RJ coming back will he most likely sight into a safety safety role or do you see his more suited as a spur There's several people weighing in on that I I think Chris that I actually would agree with uh with Kimberly who says that she thinks he fits better as a spur slash linebacker. You know, that's clearly going to be a big part of this defense, or we're assuming it is. It, it has been at Clayton White's other stops. I would imagine, you know, at, as time goes on, uh, certainly and, and probably right off the bat, that's going to be a big part of this scheme here. He called it an uh, aggressive multiple four two five defense. And, you know, we now we've, we've seen RJ play that role in the past. Um, now, it wasn't really called a spur, but we've seen him play dime linebacker, um, which in passing situation, the skill set you would need to play, uh, you know, very similar. We've seen him actually play some nickel early on in his career as well. Didn't I don't think he played much nickel this past season, but uh, very similar skill sets. I, I think the thing with RJ that, Will, will either need to be improved or that you try to get him out of having to do as much as just the true man-to-man coverage with slot receivers, with these smaller, quicker guys where teams will look to isolate him, yep. use crossing routes, slant routes, basically these man-beater type routes. It's difficult for him to – now, I think, I think if you're RJ, you have to sort of – and you're the staff, you have to take it one of two ways. You have to either maybe – try and slim and get faster, you know, cut and head that way, or you have to sort of maybe go all in on bulking up a little bit more. And, you know, I, I don't know if RJ wants to be a linebacker. My, my guess is he starts out at that spur spot. That's just a complete guess. But um, ultimately, you know, this is a guy, if he, if he put on a little bit more weight, I think he could probably be a pretty – pretty good will linebacker I mean he's already a physical kid you don't have near the coverage responsibilities and and when you are covering guys you know you're covering tight ends you're covering running backs from out of the backfield uh, as opposed to you know a slot receiver so uh, what, what are your thoughts on that man yeah I mean I, I just my gut feel and I don't know if this has been settled yet it probably hasn't you know with the staff just getting settled on the defensive side of the ball it's now finalized but, you know, I would think probably, Nickel, I, I agree with you, but you got to look You got to look at the situation, you know, especially with the defections in the secondary. I mean, they had some defections everywhere, and, and this was a, a group that was thin at safety last year, a little thin at Nickel behind, you know, Jamie Robinson. They had some other guys they could fit in there, but Jamie Robinson's gone. You know, they're going to need help there, and so I, I feel like safety and Nickel still makes the most sense. Um you know, they're, they're going to be guys that they play against that are, are going to be tough matchups for guys to match up man-to-man, especially – I mean, 
you know, uh, you, you look at, you know, Kadarius Tony, for instance, who, you know, obviously we know he did what he did against South Carolina last year, but that's a tough matchup. And, and teams can amplify that with their guys that don't do as well man-to-man coverage, like you said, Wes. But, uh, you know, I, I still think that's probably the spot out of need that makes the most sense. Um, and I think there is still room, I think, for RJ to get better. It, I think it just depends on where they slot him, you know. Um, and I think he does make sense in a nickel or a safety type of role. Well, and I, Chris, I do see there's sort of a – frankly, there's a negative sentiment from the fan base right now about RJ. And, you know, the, the, the expectations for RJ heading into last season were pretty high based on the way the staff was talking about him. I distinctly remember how much they talked about his consistency getting better in practice. Um, we do have to remember this is still a kid who did not play a lot of defensive back in high school. You know, he, he played a lot of quarterback, played on the offensive side of the ball, was still transitioning to the defensive side. I mean, I, I remember watching him at, at camp early on, and, you know, you were saying, all right, the skills are here. The skill set is potentially here. But the technique, uh, this was when he was in high school, the technique was, you know, it was a long way to go. So um, maybe a fresh start, fresh staff, a little bit different ask of him as far as what they ask him to do. And, and you know, frankly, I was about to say maybe you know maybe he can be a big contributor on this defense. I almost kind of have to take it a step farther, man. They're going to need him to be a big contributor on this defense. So I, I think you know the, the fans who are out for for RJ, um, you know, maybe just going to have to to back off on that one a little bit and, and hope that he can have a good off season and continue getting better because we've all we've always thought this guy, or at least I have, I've always thought RJ had some potential is, you know, a well-put-together kid physically, a strong, um, smart kid. Like, maybe you know, may, maybe we are under – maybe we underrated how much of a transition it, it can be. And, yes, there were some physical matchup issues, but, Chris, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, man. Playing safety in that scheme, very difficult. I know – you know, you you've sort of studied some tape, um, you know, some some uh, not camp tape, some like tape from from Muschamp's uh, clinic tape. There's my word. Uh, clinic tape. I've talked to a couple of people who were trying to learn the safety position and, and just have said, dude, this this is hard. And it can be when, when you're mentally taxed, it can affect you physically as well as far as some things. So fresh, fresh start. Um some people are rolling their eyes saying, you know, I've seen all I need to see, and, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, he wouldn't be the first guy to really come on a, as an upperclassman and, and find a, a new comfort level and, and find a home. So, uh, again, to me, RJ, you, South Carolina, if they're going to make any noise next year, dude, they're going to need some RJ Rodericks, some Sherrod Greens, some upperclassmen who have who have played – you know, a pretty good bit, but have sort of had up and down results. They're going to need them to play very well next year. Yeah, they need a lot of guys like that. I mean, uh, you talk about those two on defense. You, you need more out of really all the upperclassmen that have a chance to contribute. You know, even a Brad Johnson. You go to offense or Trey Smith, who, you know, the, the returns were really good on or Trey Smith as a freshman, you know, going over to the offensive side of the ball. And then he got hurt and he's just never been back. Now it looks like he's he's ready to go. Can he stay healthy? Can he be consistent? I mean, 
there's these questions here, but he has talent. And so can he, um, you know, they need these guys. They need RJ Roger. I mean, he's a guy who's going to play, right? Because you look at the secondary situation and it's not great in terms of the depth. And so they need a guy like him to, to be able to play a lot and to be able to play well when he's in there. All right. Shout out to uh, multi Maurice too. I appreciate the beer money, my friend. Um, he says, do you think Jordan Strawn will be a better fit at defensive end or one of the linebacker spots in the four two five system? I tell you, Maurice, that that's a great question, man. And I'm I'm curious to see, Chris, how they decide to use this kid. Because, you know, you look, he's listed 225 pounds. Um you, you know you know who he reminded me of just a little bit from what I saw? Hey. Hey, Arden Key. Uh, Arden Key? Yeah, like there's a little Arden Key just to his his length, but he's not the biggest guy. Um, can bend around the edge, though. Great first step. Um, you know, I, I think you look at him, though, is he is he really going to be one of these guys that can hold up down in, down out as a defensive end in the SEC? You know, but is he really a, is he a true linebacker in the SEC either? I, I'm – I'm curious to see and how, you know, now that he's going to be in an SEC strength program, can you put 10, 15 pounds on him this offseason? Or is he already sort of at that point where, you know, he was listed at 193 pounds out of high school. So is he still getting bigger? Is his body sort of maxed out as far as how much muscle he can carry? Those will be the things for me. I think to me, Chris, he's one of those guys that some coaching staffs, some coaching staffs in the SEC would be like, you know, ah, oh, this guy can't do this, this, and this. So how do we use him? Whereas a creative coaching staff, which if you're a South Carolina fan is what you hope you've hired, is going to be like, well, he may be, we don't want him doing this, but he's really good at this, this, and this. Let's move him around and sort of mold the defense to fit him. To me, he's maybe – a a linebacker in running downs and is a defensive end edge guy in passing downs. Yeah, I, I think he is more of an edge guy. So is he playing a, a Will or Mike type linebacker? I don't know. You know, maybe he could be a Will backer type. But I think everything that we've heard associated with, with Jordan Strong since we've heard about him has been pass rusher. You know, you talk about the pass rush aspect. So, that to me makes me think that they're going to look to play him in those pass rushing situations off the edge. So is he going to come in and say, take snaps from Aaron Sterling on the first drive of the game on second down? I don't think so. You know, maybe eventually if he turns out to be a really good player. Um, but, but I think he's a guy that you put in on third downs. You know, I know you mentioned, I think it was our last show, Wes, on Wednesday, you know, you're, your pass rush package, whatever you want to call it, rabbits, NASCAR, whatever you call it. Um, you know, maybe you have him out there on third downs and you let him try to go after the quarterback and, and pursue because that's what he does best. Definitely not. Man, all, all the highlights I saw of him, he was lining up at defensive end. Now, I haven't yeah. watched like entire games, but um, he was listed as an outside linebacker. But to me, he's definitely more of a an edge defensive end type guy. It's just can he – hold up against the run at, at this level. Um, let's see. Hey, West, <laughs> this guy's name is Hey, West and Chris, TGIF. Absolutely, TGIF. He wants to know if we will take Bitcoin as payment for beer money. Absolutely. We'll take any coin um, you have. 
honestly. <laughs> yeah, we'll take Bitcoin, Litecoin, um, Ethereum, whatever, whatever cryptocurrency y'all want to send our way. We can work with that as well. Let's see. There was a question a long time ago. Let me go find it. Tell me it went away. What happened? Uh, let's see. So, well, I, I remember the question. I don't have your name anymore for some reason. So somebody had asked what the latest was with the two possible transfers from St. Francis, uh, two guys and Jason Brown, who plays quarterback, and then EJ Jenkins, who plays wide receiver. And those guys are still currently not committed, uh, so to speak. They're waiting until they are officially accepted by South Carolina. And uh, at that point, they will. They said they, they will be committing to South Carolina. So that's going well for Carolina so far. Like the kids are excited about a possible offer. The kids want to be at South Carolina. The big thing is just admissions takes time. And, you know, frankly, depending on who you ask, uh, you know, admissions either just um, is doing their job, doing what they are supposed to do and have to do. I know there's always sort of been a sense around South Carolina. We've heard this, Chris. I feel like admissions has been a thing literally since I've been following South Carolina, even before I was working with, you know, in this job, it was, well, yeah. can't admissions be faster? Can't admission, you know, there was a big issue a decade ago with, uh, or more than that, where Spurrier's like, if we can't get kids in who are NCAA qualified, I'm going to the beach. Yeah. So it's certainly, let's be honest, man, it's certainly improved since back then. Right. Um, now there, there are, probably from what we've heard <laughs> some sports teams within South Carolina that they get frustrated with admissions a little bit. You can't be, um, God, somebody used to have a great saying. It's that, you know, you, you can't be, you can't be Georgia on Saturday and be Harvard every other day of the week, basically. Right. Um, so the, the question was, what's the latest? The latest is they're still waiting on to be uh, accepted to the school. When they are, they'll uh, they'll go to South Carolina, at least it sounds like, unless something changes. And if it's before the beginning of next week, it would be now. They'd go ahead and enroll. But if it's not, then it would be March 1st. Yep, that's right. I, I don't really even have anything else to add there in terms of what you said. That's you, You've been certainly more on that story with the St. Francis transfers than I have. But, um, yeah, that's, that's everything that we've heard is as long as they're in. And, and we again, we don't know – or I don't, Wes, full specifics on exactly which end or if it's both end in term, both ends in terms of what they're waiting on and what the specific holdup is. Uh, but those are guys that, in theory, you know, uh, could be on the commitment list soon in some form or fashion or otherwise at South Carolina for this season. Just got to wait and see how it is. Lots of people are mixing us up today, Wes. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've been sniffing all day, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, man, I, I'm not sniffing at all. That Wes is on the left. There's a hold on. Yep. You see that right there? It has our name. It has our names. <laughs> You're not sniffing, are you? I mean, I've I've been trying to I don't yeah, think I've, you have been sniffling. I I've got a little runny nose, uh, yeah. Unless I don't I, have the I don't have the Rona. Y'all can chill. How do you know? Uh, have you been tested this morning? Well, all right, we're not going into <laughs> not, everybody that says well, I've just got 
allergies, but it's definitely not Corona. Or I've definitely got, I've got just got a little bit of a sore throat. It's definitely not Corona. Every person I've talked to that says that has it. So, gum it, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, don't say that you don't have it if you don't know. No. You gotta know. Okay. You gotta take your temperature. You're a little red too. I have a temperature. Dude, they've been saying you've been red for um, every day. <laughs> I am. I do get red. Um, Brad making fun of me for being into crypto. Says he has some imaginary land for sale. <laughs> hey, well, did you read about that guy, Wes? That he has $200 million locked up. He's got like two passwords. I'm over here sweating when I can't remember like, I don't know, like a bank login or something. And yeah. I'm like locked out. I don't have... Two hundred million dollars on the other side, like nice. he does. So, and Brad, Bitcoin a Bitcoin is worth like forty thousand dollars now. So, I, I think we're past the point of making fun of it as being imaginary. It's literally worth. It used to be worth less than a cent, and now it's worth forty grand. Um, Three and twenty says, "Happy Friday, fellas! Happy Friday to you too, sir." Sip one on three and twenty. Any. Any smoke still with Brent Key? I thought he was talking about a different type of smoking for a second when he was talking about sipping and smoking. Um, appreciate it if you check our tunes out on all streaming platforms and YouTube. Country Soul Duo from Heat from Easily. All right, so we got a a free shout-out to 3 and 20. Go check them out on uh, all the streaming platforms and YouTube. And uh, appreciate the tip, man. I, I haven't – Chris, have you heard any more smoke on Brent Key? Obviously – that was a hot name for a reason. I think it's safe to say South Carolina made a run at him. Taking a guy from his alma mater, uh, even if maybe he was interested, which sounds like he may have been, was going to be tough in the end. And he's one of those – it's one of those situations, man, I feel like this happens a lot where maybe a coach is frustrated with some little things and, you know, well, fine, I'm leaving, you know. I'm going to go find another opportunity. Yeah. But then, I mean, it's like that couple that we all know is going to stay together, but they they basically like, oh, well, I'm, I'm breaking up with you. Well, it's one thing to, like, say it, but a lot of these coaches, it's another thing to actually pick up your family and move and go to a different place and start over. I, I my, you know, that's my impression is kind of one of those situations. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. And, you know, it, it's tough to leave. It's it's tough to actually leave a place. And particularly, you know, Brent Key played there. He left Alabama to go back to Georgia Tech. He was the O-line coach at Alabama. He leaves to go back to Tech. So, yeah, I mean, and, and was it pretty sort of advanced at one point? It looked like it, you know. It looked like it. But it uh, didn't end up happening. I did see, you know, I have seen that there's been some rumblings or some stuff saying that, hey, maybe it's, it's back on the uh, – back on the front burner or something, but it, my understanding, I've, I haven't heard anything about it. I even te- checked with some people over at Georgia Tech and just no indication that that's happening right now. I don't know if it's because of the delay in getting to an O-line coach, if that's what it is. I am checking on it again just to make sure, but we have not heard anything else about Brent Key. All, all indications are that he was uh, that he was staying. Dang, man, they're still saying you that you look bad or something. I don't well, get it. it. Is it me? Are they? Is it actually me they're talking about? Because earlier we didn't know who was who. Some Cartwright says it's you, not confused. Huh. 
I don't know. I mean, you look pretty normal to me. That's how he always looks, y'all. Normally bad, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm red. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, what do you want me to do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, we got to get a sponsor for the, the generous. that fits. Um, let's see. Any info on the PWO quarterback Helfrich? I, you know, I haven't, I haven't been able. To, I'm supposed to talk to the kid at some point. Um, here, I might see if I can pull up some, some huddle for y'all, and we can just watch him right now. But generally, you know, preferred walk-ons. I mean, it's not a situation where there's necessarily. Chris, wouldn't you say there's not really necessarily a huge expectation for a PWO to just come in and play? Now, some sometimes it does happen, yep. but that's a very, very rare situation. Well, and, you know, right now, if I'm not mistaken, Wes, one walk-on quarterback on the roster in Connor Jordan. Yes. Um, and so you'd have to figure South Carolina is going to up that number in some form or fashion. You know, obviously they're looking into the potential of landing another quarterback you know, maybe on a scholarship basis with, you know, Jason Brown as scholarship transfer. But um, in addition, you're always looking at bolstering your walk-on ranks. And so bringing in another guy from Charlotte, I think the connection there is Marcus Satterfield, uh, just from some early indications, uh, makes makes sense. And um, don't know a lot about him yet, though. Sorry, I'm, I'm just reading the chat. <laughs> and tra- all right, so tra- Travis asked me earlier if I – put gel in my tips and he said um he said sorry I'm black I don't know understand how that works um but so Travis uh, no there's not gel um my when I was in middle school now maybe yeah probably some gel in there that was popular at that time but right uh right now no these days no gel for me I don't roll that way I just let it sort of do what it wants to do all right, so what else we got to talk about, man? Um, we got another super great. chat. Do what? We got to hit Jeffrey Hicklin's super chat. Oh, how did I miss that? I don't know. Are you oh, are no, you near it? Super chat. Your, no, okay. There you go. I have the ability to. Yep. When answering these questions, do you at times use a magic eight ball that we cannot see on camera? No. Hopefully our answers are better than a magic eight ball, but sometimes when I answer a question, especially when I've been accused of drug usage before the show, maybe it does sound like a magic eight ball. But no, we try to know what we're talking about a little bit, and we try to give good answers. No well, I, I mean, I'll be honest, man. Some of the some of the questions, and I, I mean, I love all the questions, don't get me wrong, but some of the questions, it's like, who's going to be the backup safety for – week three of the season next year. When people ask me that, sometimes I do just pick a random person. Like it's, 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 un, it's unanswerable, you know? Um, yeah. More like when people ask you, Hey, uh, Hey, who, you know, the, the second somebody decommits or the second a coach leaves, Hey, who, you know, who can we go get now? It's like, well, <laughs> let me make one phone call. <laughs> no. No phone calls allowed. Jeffrey, is that a 
I'm going to get made fun of. Boy, I hope there's no zoographers or zoologists. I mean, zoographer, I'm going to get made fun of now. Zoologist on the show. But is that a sloth on the profile pic there for YouTube? Or I think that's a sloth, pretty sure. Let us know again. You don't have to super chat us to get, answer the question at all. But to me, that looks like a sloth. Dang, man. Somebody said my hairline was looking crooked. That's just how it's laying right now, y'all. This is the... It's a tough crowd. Today. This is the... I mean, we literally get paid to sit here and have people talk shiz about us. Um, <laughs> Russ says sloths are lit. The, the Friday free-for-all shows are the most fun. Um, Zoographer, yes. Do y'all think Wes would protect Chris against a tomato attack? <laughs> yes, I would. All right, real question from Greg Lee. With the with the $14.99, so it doesn't feel like $15, so you don't have to tell your wife you spent $15 on this. Um, thoughts on roster management going forward? And it's a lot of spots there, Greg. Um, specifically receiver, LB, DB, portal, and junior college. Any chance that JC or two could be finishing academic work and come in August to improve roster and count to next year? You know, that. Those are the positions, Chris, I'd say we've been focused on for the most part. Um, it, it's sort of a – I think we sort of had to add quarterback in there. We know sort of what's going on there. We already talked about it. We had to maybe add the potential of, you know, like guy like Jakeem Green. We had to add defensive end. Obviously, they went and got a pass rush type guy in strong. But those are the positions we've been tracking. And wide receiver, I'm trying to think – I. I don't think there is a junior college guy we're still on, you know, as far as following at receiver. Obviously, in the portal, you're still looking at A.J. Jenkins, and then uh, you're looking at Jordan Mosley, the Tennessee commit, who's a, a freshman or will be a freshman high school guy, I should say. And you sort of get – I get the sense that you sort of hear that he he maybe will not end up at Tennessee. So I think South Carolina is in a good position there. Um you may be more familiar with the two JUCO guys at linebacker, Chris, and I am. Joko Willis, and then um, what's the other kid's name? Bam. Um, yes. he He's the guy that actually fits what Greg is talking about and that he's waiting on his academic situation. It may be ideal for South Carolina if a, if a kid like that could come in in August, Chris, and then you push him to 2022. Yeah, maybe so. Um, if you could do that now, jo- jo- so to go back to Joko Willis, you know, still, unless something's happened, technically committed to Kentucky, but widely expected to not sign with Kentucky unless something changes. And so, South Carolina's got a good shot there. Um, he he's a kid who's really athletic. He, he was all state at junior college now, but he played uh, high school ball in the state of Georgia. Was all state one year as a receiver, all state another year as a linebacker. So really athletic kid. Um, they've got a shot with him. Bam Scott's a guy that, like you said, Wes, there's an academic component. Got to wait and see how things go. He had a good semester last time out. Needs another good one this semester, is my understanding. Um, but a, a couple guys that they have wanted and, and may be able to get there. Uh, wide receiver, like you, I totally agree with what you said. Obviously, quarterback, pass rusher. You know, they, they got a guy there in Jordan Strong that can help. I think DB is the big question, right? Will some other junior college guys come up, um, one out of high school, 
is, you know, Juwan Gaston from Alabama got, you know, held his signing until February. South Carolina in the final three there with Tennessee, and he threw South Alabama in for a sort of a a hometown, but maybe home state pick. I think South Carolina's got a good shot there and is a guy that they like. So I I would anticipate probably less some more portal guys or – uh, you know, maybe even some more junior college guys coming up late at the DB position too. Yeah, and I mean, guys are still entering the portal every day. It seems like, and there we've talked about this. There's going to be guys in the portal after the spring as well. So you sort of have to be careful about not spending all your scholarships now if you're wanting to add them to your roster potentially. At least give yourself that flexibility for later. Somebody asked about Connor Jordan or Connor Jordan. He is from Georgia. Um, actually, no, I am a absolute liar. I could have sworn this kid was from Georgia. He's from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I thought Connor Jordan was from Georgia too. We we were both on the same page with that. Well, he, all right, hold on. There, there's got to be a conspiracy. Is he? Is, is this a Jimmy Lindsay situation? It may, it may be, man. Because it said, all right, high school is Millbrook. Millbrook is in Georgia, right? There is a there's Millbrook in Raleigh as well. It's where Keith uh, Marshall played. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I might have been thinking Millbrook, and I might have been thinking um, – what's the school? I think maybe Kelsey Griffin played there. Yes, yes. Mill Creek, maybe? That's right. Okay. That's All right. Yeah, we're mixing yes, it right. He is he's, – he's from Raleigh, apparently. But um, anyway, dang, y'all saying I got a crooked hairline and a bad hair day? I, this is a good hair day for me, y'all. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Um – Let's see. We got more super chats. Where y'all at? And then I want to talk about Torian Gray a little bit because he was made official today. And I, Chris, did you talk about Torian a little bit on Wednesday after I hopped off? Yes. I th- well, I know that I said I was going to talk about him, and then I don't recall because it was sort of active. We can go back and double back to it a little bit more, you know, I guess. Um Maybe the people don't remember what I said. If I don't even remember talking about it, it must have not been that great. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Torian, you know, I think a good ad for the staff. Obviously, a lot of uh, familiarity with Shane Beamer. He played at Virginia Tech. Uh, Torian Gray coached with Shane Beamer, has NFL experience, played for a while in the league, had to, had to end his career due to a knee injury, um, and then was at Florida. And so – He's from Lakeland, Florida. He's got ties down there. You've seen him been really active on the recruiting trail already down in the state of Florida, well-regarded in recruiting circles down there. And, um, you know, has done a good job typically where he's been at Virginia Tech, at Florida, and bringing in defensive backs who are good and regarded as, as a good coach. So I think that was a good add for them, a guy that's, you know, potentially going to be able to give them something in recruiting as well as on the coaching front. Yeah, and Chris, I, I think um... – you know, I'm probably more impressed with what he did at Virginia Tech as far as we've talked about this quite a bit. I mean, he he signed some really good players at Florida, right? Well, you know, we, we've said it doesn't always translate when a guy's a great recruiter at sort of a, a logo school. And then, you know, they, they get to South Carolina that's trying to build itself into being a logo school. So, you know, I, I think you look – when you look at what he did at VT for that decade, he's still able to go get players, still able to develop NFL guys. To me, that probably means you're going to have a pretty, pretty nice transition, you know, to, to South Carolina, I think. So I think it's a good fit 
in that sense. And I, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be like we were talking out of both sides of our mouth because, you know, we've, we've sort of pushed that theory a lot that you want guys who can go get players at nine name schools. Well, then Torian Gray comes in, you know, two stints in, in Florida. And, and obviously he was there and he signed really good players, but you look back, there's a long track record going back to that full 10 years at VT uh, of him going, you know, we, we posted the, uh, the list of guys that are in the NFL. Now, Gray coached in the NFL, actually coached DJ Swearinger, but this is just guys that he coached in college and then went on to the NFL. And it is a very extensive list. Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at, you know, Kendall Fuller is one that really stands out at Virginia Tech. Um, you know, did a, did a really good job there, you know, developing guys, recruiting guys there. Um, obviously, the NFL experience is going to be something that could appeal to recruits because this is a guy that, you know, played at a high level in college, played in the NFL, has also coached at high levels of college, coached in the NFL. And so, um, you know, Torian uh, is someone that, that likes to talk about DBU and stuff like that. You know, a little bit talked about it at Florida, as even talked about it at South Carolina. DJ Swearinger coming out saying that he spoke with Torian Gray, which obviously got fans a love, uh, given the affinity for DJ Swearinger, rightfully so. So, uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good, solid hire, a guy that we heard very early in the process as a potential ad for Shane Beamer, and it it ended up uh, working out there. No doubt. All right, let's try to hit Greg's. Up. We're going to need that magic eight ball for this question. Um, appreciate the beer money again. Uh, who do y'all think today would be game one DBs, two corners, two safeties, and a spur? Good grief. Um, for the first time in, you know, since we've been doing this, I may actually have to consult a roster because they lost so many people in the secondary, you know? Um, the fact that I couldn't just give you five names like that, probably not a great sign for South Carolina. Yep. I would say – Let's start with some obvious ones, right? I think Cam Smith is definitely going to be a starter somewhere. Um, I will I will say R.J. Roderick at Spur. I just got a feeling that that's where he sort of starts out. Um, do you think Isaiah Norris can land the other starting cornerback spot, Chris? That's what I was wondering. You know, that and, – and so for me – I still have questions in terms of nickel, right? You know, like what exactly the skill set is that they're looking for there. So is it more of a situation where you're going, all right, best five? Because look, they're, they're not going to be in a situation where you feel like you've got eight or ten and then you're just finding the best combo. Like the best five may be your five, you know what I mean? And, and then you've got to really narrow it down and figure it out. Um, they're not going to have a ton of depth one way or another. So for me, I thought, okay, is Norris could maybe does he play nickel or does he play corner? But I think he could. I think skill set wise, he could be one of those corners or nickel. So are you are you putting are you making is nickel the same as the spur to you or, or are these? Yeah, see, that's my question. Is it you know it it was a it was a DB group at Western Kentucky, right? But it was a little bit different than just a safety or a corner, obviously. But it wasn't like – it was considered more of a DB, you know. But that said, you know, I, I just don't know exactly how they're going to structure it because I think I think it sort of hinges on RJ a little bit, you know. 
because when you look at guys that can play nickel or have played some version of a nickel in the past, you know, he comes to mind. Um, and then, you know, if, if he's a nickel, Wes, who's the other safety? You know, like Jalen Dickerson could probably be one. But is Jalen Foster one? Are you looking at maybe playing Joey Hunter in safety instead of corner? That's a hard one, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other guys that that maybe. I mean, you're you're gonna honestly, dude. You're gonna need to have a big off season from, you know, some of your freshmen from this past season. I mean, you look at, like you said, a Joey Hunter, a uh, who else? Dom Hill. Yep. Um. I see the Sumter kid. Yeah, OD Fortunes, a guy, yeah. who, you know. And then I, I, I'll tell you the guy that I, I think uh, could be the beneficiary of all this would be a Darius Rush, who really started to come on. Um, you know, you hear he, he started to come on his past season, was dealing with some injuries, then uh, was dealing with COVID and just had, had a lot, but actually had – you know, I think an opportunity to play a good bit late and then just had, had those things happen. So I, I think if you throw, I think you throw him into the mix as well, but um, you know, if you're South Carolina, man, you really need to possibly find another transfer. I, I think that could come in and, and maybe in, in an ideal situation, I think lock down a cornerback spot for you. Yeah. Because that, that's the one that you really look at and, and, and feel like this team needs, if you know, when we're talking about portal guys, immediate help, they found guys at some other spots. You know, David Spalding, I mean, he could be – we didn't even talk about him. You know, could, could he be a guy for you there uh, out of Georgia Southern? I mean, what is he? Is he a corner? Is he a safety? I feel like he has to be a guy for you. Um, you know, and that – you know, it, it's with. I don't know. I feel like you need another transfer DB. I, I'm with you on the same page. On the same page with you is that because you know, you look at some of the other positions they hit. They might hit on a receiver and a quarterback or other portal as we discussed. They hit on a pass rusher. Um, you know, junior call. They hit on a a transfer linebacker and Debo Williams. They got a couple of JUCO guys and irons in the fire and wide receivers from some other spots too, but um. I feel like another DB from somewhere, whether it's high school, whether it's junior college, whether it's transfer, a guy that no matter where he's from can come in and play to pair with the guys on the roster and Spalding, I think it's going to be really big. But Spalding will have a chance. Dom Hill I've always been intrigued by. You know, he didn't didn't really get in there a lot last year. Joey Hunter has talent, I think. But it, there's just so many unknowns because we haven't seen a lot of these guys. Um, let's see, Cartwright. Apparently, we've been ignoring Cartwright's question. Um, D-line and O-line coach, what do you all think? Well, I think Jimmy Lindsay's going to be the D-line coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's hired. Well, the I mean, the con, you know, it, it, that's a done deal. Yeah. Y'all, um, we try to get all, all these questions that we can. Like, I know y'all have to ask more than once sometimes, but our little thing that we see on the right, like it blows up. It's sort of – it's hard to keep up with sometimes. Um, O-line coach, I mean, has been – I won't say completely quiet. It's been somewhat quiet. There has – I would say this. there ha- It hasn't been this, like, cut-and-dry thing like it was with Jimmy Lindsay. And we, we put a couple more names on GamecockCentral.com. 
uh, what was that, yesterday? I think we had a Thursday update. If you're a subscriber, you can go check it out. Now, Chris, I, I would have to imagine that this is a hire that they're going to want to knock out, like, at some point by the end of this weekend, maybe, right? I mean, you're, you're down to your final hire. They're going to need to get this thing done soon. The, the players, you know, came back to campus this past week. The players can actually start, you know, lifting and all that stuff with uh, with Luke Day next week. So I got to imagine this hire without knowing anything as far as being given a timetable. I got to imagine this thing's coming down soon. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've had a lot of people ask why, you know, why is it taking so long? I think it's just working through candidates trying to find a guy, you know, Brent Key was a guy that was very, very involved and ended up staying. And so when I say back to square one, I don't want to make that sound negative, but you are going out and you're fielding some other candidates at that point, whether they're coming to you, you're going to them. And so just continuing to work through that and finding the best guy. Um, So we don't know yet, but it'll have to be soon. Like you said, Wes and uh, Cartwright also followed up asking about um, what we thought about Jimmy Lindsay. We had, um, if you'll go back earlier in the show, we talked about Jimmy Lindsay a good bit, but just as a quick, um, you know, Sherall native, uh, born in Sherall, uh, has experience with Clayton White, had some staff carryover with Marcus Satterfield, regarded well as a recruiter, has a good track record coaching, um, 20-something all-conference picks, seven All-Americans, five um, conference players of the year, coached the conference player of the year at Western Kentucky in 2019, too. So pretty, pretty well-regarded guy. All right, y'all. I think that's going to do it for the Friday free-for-all. Appreciate the time, the effort. Appreciate the tips as well. Always appreciate the support. If you missed the first part of the show, you can always go back, uh, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central, or I will be uploading it if you just want to listen to it on all the major podcast platforms. Um, Chris, you got anything else, man? I don't, man. I hope everybody has a great weekend and appreciate everybody tuning in. All right. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Jeffrey Hicklin giving us a super sticker. I don't even know what that is, but I, I saw one earlier too. Appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate the super chaps. Appreciate the support, and y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you all on Monday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.